What is up guys? It is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through my week 16 start sits at the running back position. So if you guys are new to the channel, this is where I break down every single week 16 game. So all 16 matchups, and I talk about every single fantasy relevant player, list them as either a start fringe option or a sit. So the sits pretty self-explanatory. These are the guys you want to keep on your bench. The starts are the players who are pretty much like auto locks in your lineup. You know, unless you have some insanely stacked team, these guys, you know, are probably going to be auto starts for you. And then the fringe options, these are more of your running back threes, your flex options. You know, you're kind of fine with them sliding into those spots. You may not love it, but you know, they are okay options this week. As always, if you guys have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below. Um, and then if you do enjoy the content, just do me a huge favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then also uh, today I'm going to be putting out my wide receiver quarterback and tight end start sits. So if you like this video, you can uh, go check those other ones out. Also, let's jump into the first matchup. We have Thursday night football, the Jaguars taking on the Jets. And for Travis Etienne here, I have him as a start. And I will totally acknowledge that he has had a pretty rough stretch over the past like five games. He hasn't scored over 13 PPR points in that stretch, which, you know, if we look at his production before this five game run, like he had been pretty unstoppable. He had been dominant, you know, after taking over that backfield. But personally, like I'm not panicking on him here. This is not a situation where he's losing opportunities to another back. He's dominating the opportunities out of this backfield. In the four healthy games he's played over that stretch, remember he had that one game where he played like a few snaps and then got hurt and was out for the game. Obviously, we can't really count that against him. So in his four healthy games, his carry numbers have been 11, 13, 17, and 19. So his workload is still very solid. This offense is definitely trending up, and he's coming off of a 19-carry, 103-yard rushing game. So this is really a spot where he's honestly been pretty unlucky in the touchdown department. We've seen Lawrence really break out. He's been racking up the uh, passing touchdowns. You know, eventually some of that luck is going to go towards ETN, and he's going to get into the end zone. I mean, it could be this week against the Jets where he has a few touchdowns. This is a tough matchup here, but a guy who's pretty much the workhorse in an offense that's ascending that's a guy who I need locked into my lineup. So I have ETN as a start here. Now on the other side with the Jets, this was honestly a, a pretty brutal day fantasy-wise for Zonovan Knight on Sunday. He uh, kept his role, you know, as the early down guy, Michael Carter seeing more of the receiving work. But for Zonovan Knight, he's definitely the more fantasy-relevant option. He took 13 of the 17 running back carries. Unfortunately, he was only able to turn it into 23 yards. Now, I think a lot of this is matchup-based. The Lions, as of late, have just been insanely tough against the run. And this week against the Jaguars, they're a much softer matchup for the running back position. So I think Zonovan Knight, you know, you throw him back in there as an RB3 fringe option. I'm not totally jumping ship. He still had the solid workload. I think it would be even better if we get to see Mike White back. But even if it's Zach Wilson, I still think Zonovan Knight is in that, like, RB26 to like RB30 range, somewhere in there. Now, moving over to Saturday, we have the Falcons taking on the Ravens. And I kind of went back and forth on how I was going to uh, like rate these Falcons backs. So we have Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson. And at this point in the season, both of these dudes are pretty much locked into a 50 50 committee in terms of, you know, their snaps, in terms of their carries. I mean, this is, you know, as close to 50 50 as you're going to get in the NFL. And this past week, we saw Tyler Algier go out. He was the guy who had the big day. But for me, it's just not enough for me to want either of these guys in my lineup. 
Now, if this was a plus matchup, you know, against a uh, cake team, you know, against the running back position for fantasy, then I'd probably have both of these guys listed as fringe plays. But this is not an easy matchup here against the Ravens. With Desmond Ritter taking over, that offense did not look very good. So I'm going to have both of these guys as sits. If you want to make the argument that they should both be like back-end fringe options, I'm not going to push back super hard. But if you're in like the semifinals, I'd prefer to not have to play one of these guys. Now on the other side for the Ravens, I have J.K. Dobbins as a start here. He's coming off another strong performance on the ground. 13 carries, 125 rushing yards. That was after uh, week 14 where he had 15 carries for 120 yards and a touchdown. The impressive thing here for Dobbins is that it still doesn't even seem like he's 100%. I think if this was J.K. Dobbins, like at the end of his rookie season, we'd be seeing like some Derrick Henry level numbers, you know, on the ground here. But, you know, this is the J.K. we've got. He's been unlucky in the injury department, but he has a solid matchup here against the Falcons, who have allowed the seventh most rushing yards to running backs. So I think we continue to fire up J.K. Dobbins as a solid start. He's probably more of a back-end running back, too maybe creeping up to like mid-tier RB2 territory. He definitely hasn't run away with the opportunities in this backfield, but he's definitely the running back to own there for the Ravens and someone who I do think is a solid RB2 this week. Now moving over to the Lions taking on the Panthers. Every week I basically have to dive into this Lions backfield, you know, because it is, uh, you know, an ever-evolving situation there in Detroit. I think, you know, we saw some slight improvement here for DeAndre Swift. He led all three of those backs in snaps, which is something that hasn't been a given basically the entire season after uh, he came back from injury. He had a 41% snap share, so nothing crazy, eight targets uh, and eight carries. And while that workload isn't insane, with this Lions offense definitely trending up, I think it's at least okay. He's actually scored double-digit points in four out of five games. He doesn't make it pretty, but, you know, he'll rack up receiving numbers. He'll score a touchdown here and there. So I think this week he is the running back to play in this backfield. I view him as like a mid to back end running back three. And then sitting Jamal Williams, who continues to get the majority of the carries, but, you know, he's basically touchdown or bust. And even with a touchdown, he still has a floor of like, 9, 10 points, which really is not great if you are scoring a touchdown. And then for Justin Jackson, he's just in there basically operating as like a nuisance to both Swift and Jamal Williams. Now on the other side for the Panthers, we saw uh, Deontay Foreman take the majority of the work on the ground, and then we saw Chuba Hubbard come in and take a lot of the receiving work. In my opinion, both of these guys are unplayable. We've seen the Lions be incredibly tough against running backs as of late. I talked about it with Zonovan Knight. They totally shut him down. Over the past four weeks, they have allowed the second fewest points per game to the position. So this is a spot where you have a split going on in a bad matchup on an offense that's not very good. In my opinion, this is just a clear spot where we want to be avoiding both Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. Now we have the Bills taking on the Bears. And for this Bills team, we saw a pretty solid running back split. Basically, like the majority of the game up until that final Bills drive. So Singletary and Cook were pretty neck and neck when it came to opportunities until they needed that last drive when I think they gave Singletary like seven carries, um, you know, in that stretch. So it is clear that when it's coming down to a close game, they want to opt with Devin Singletary. So I think that makes him a better play here. This is a decent matchup against the Bears. But, you know, we kind of fell into this trap last week where I thought Miles Sanders was going to have this monster day and it just didn't really happen. So I don't feel comfortable listing both of these players as fringe options because it's not even a team that gets the running back super involved. So I'm going to list Singletary as the fringe play. I like him more than James Cook and then James Cook as a sit. 
Then for the Bears, it is possible we see Khalil Herbert return from IR. I think that would definitely hurt David Montgomery. But, you know, if Khalil Herbert's coming back slightly limited, I still think Montgomery is a solid start. If we're hearing like Khalil Herbert's coming in and is going to be, you know, just as involved as he was early on in the season, then I think we definitely have to kind of demote David Montgomery to more of a fringe play, like a high-end running back three. But that's something we're just going to have to track uh, throughout the week. Now, in this next game, we have the Saints taking on the Browns. And for Alvin Kamara, he kind of just goes out and has another... Not terrible, but I'd say overall it was a disappointing performance. He did rush for 91 yards, but his receiving work was limited. Somehow the Saints have David Johnson basically like off the practice squad running more routes than Alvin Kamara, which is just absurd, you know, because uh, Alvin Kamara as a pass catcher is like his best trait. So the fact that you have, you know, a shell of David Johnson out there getting more opportunities is just crazy in my opinion. He's also been super unlucky in the touchdown department. He hasn't gotten to the end zone since week eight. This could be a bounce back because this is a great matchup here against the Browns. They've allowed the fourth most points to the running back position. So I think this is a spot where we do have to start Alvin Kamara. He's definitely not viewed as a top 12 running back anymore, but someone who I still think should be in lineups unless you know your team is just wildly stacked. And then on the other side, we have Nick Chubb, who has also been pretty disappointing as of late. I mean, what are we going to do here? We got to continue to fire this man up. It's just a matter of time before he goes out there, rushes for 100 yards and two touchdowns, and you just can't have Nick Chubb sitting on your bench. And then, uh, per usual, uh, sitting Kareem Hunt here. In this next game, we have the Seahawks taking on the Chiefs. And for the Seahawks, I know it was kind of like a big controversy. Do you start Kenneth Walker against the 49ers, or do you sit him in a tough matchup? And personally, I was opting uh, to go with him as a start. I think I had him as like a high to mid-tier running back too. I know a lot of people opted to sit him because of the matchup. I feel like it ended up kind of like as like an in-between option. Then he scored like 12 points something points. So the people who started him probably felt okay with it. The people who sat him also probably felt okay with it. Luckily for Kenneth Walker here, this is a better matchup. I like what I saw out of Walker in that game. I also like the receiving involvement we saw later on in the game, which is encouraging that they are kind of using him in that role. So I think we can fire up Kenneth Walker as a strong start. They gave him a strong workload off of that ankle injury, so his health definitely shouldn't be a concern moving forward. Now on the other side, for the Chiefs, honestly, coming into the season, I never would have thought I'd have two Chief running backs listed as starts. This is kind of a team that hasn't used the running back position super heavily. I mean, like even early on in the season, there were times where none of these guys were listed as starts in my start sit video, but we got to start it off here with Jarek McKinnon because he is coming off of another huge game. He had 10 carries for 52 yards, gets into the end zone on the ground, and then adds eight targets, eight receptions for 70 yards and a receiving touchdown. He had a 65% route participation, which is super impressive, especially for a running back that's basically like splitting snaps, you know, with Isaiah Pacheco. And then he took 10 of the 25 running back carries. So he is taking a decent chunk of the uh, work in this backfield. Also, I think he has to be considered a top 24 option this week. Also, when you look at the matchup, the Seahawks have allowed the second most points per game to the running back position, and they've also allowed the fifth most receiving yards to running backs. So a great sign there for Jarek McKinnon here. For Pacheco, honestly, this was a disappointing game from him. This was supposed to be like a smash matchup going up against the Texans. This was supposed to be like a 20 carry, 120 yard and a touchdown day, and it just didn't really happen. On the ground, he was solid. He kind of saw his uh, typical stat line. 15 carries, 86 rushing yards, but he lost a fumble 
And then you also got uh, Mahomes lit up on pass pro. So definitely not great in terms of his involvement later on. I think they definitely shifted to McKinnon just a little bit more as a more reliable option out of the backfield. I still think he's probably a top 24 play. He's probably going to be flirting around that like RB 22 to RB 26 area. It is a solid matchup, like I mentioned. So I still think he's startable, but I do think it was disappointing to see kind of a down game in a matchup where he should have really had like an explosion, a real ceiling performance. In this next game, it's pretty simple. Giants taking on the Vikings. Let's not try to get crazy here. Fire up Saquon, fire up Dalvin Cook. Then we have the Bengals taking on the Patriots. And for the Bengals, Joe Mixon is still leading this backfield, but it's definitely not as cut and dry as it was early on in the season. So I do think he's a start, but I don't think this is a spot where Joe Mixon is like automatically being fired up as a top 10 guy. I think he's definitely more of an RB2 at this point. Samaje Pirine mixing in here and there, but definitely still a sit and, you know, in a not great matchup here against the Patriots. On the other side, fire up Ramondre Stevenson as a start. This man continues to dominate opportunities. Remember, the Patriots are a backfield that typically opt to go for a committee. So I think this really tells you everything you need to know about Ramondre. They basically took a, you know, head coach in Belichick who likes using a committee and he comes in and he's just so talented. They just cannot deny him the opportunity to feed him both on the ground and through the air. So start Ramondre and then sit whatever other uh, running backs they have active and healthy. Now moving over to the Texans taking on the Titans. With Damian Pierce out, we saw a gross committee. It wasn't even Rex Burkhead leading it. It was a combination of Dare and then uh, Royce Freeman. Let's just sit all these dudes. And then uh, this is basically the uh, Derrick Henry wins you your fantasy uh, you know, semifinal game week here. Derrick Henry against the Texans, it seems to always just turn into a monster Derrick Henry performance. So fire this man up. I will likely have him ranked as my running back one in my running back rankings for week 16. So you got to be feeling good if you are a Derrick Henry owner. Now that leads us into the Commanders taking on the 49ers. And for the Commanders here, this is a backfield that, you know, kind of experiences some flip-flops throughout the season. We saw Brian Robinson obviously miss time early on. We saw Gibson have a decent role. Gibson starts to lose it. B-Rob takes a big role. They start to flip back and forth. And at this point, you know, we've kind of settled into Brian Robinson dominating the uh, carries department. He took 12 of the 17 running back carries. Gibson took four of the five running back targets. The problem is with that kind of split in a not great offense going up against the toughest, uh, you know, defense against fantasy football running backs, it's just not a recipe for success here. So I have both of these guys listed as sits. On the other side, we saw Christian McCaffrey just dominate the opportunities basically up until that like game ceiling drive where for some reason they gave a few carries to Jordan Mason. But prior to that, like Christian McCaffrey was just owning every opportunity. Like I don't even know if Jordan Mason stepped on the field in the first half. It was just pure dominance in the usage department out of CMC. So you got to fire him up as a very high end running back one. Now in a divisional matchup between the Eagles and the Cowboys, it looks like the Eagles are going to be without Jalen Hurts this week. I don't know if this affects Miles Sanders like terribly. I think the offense probably isn't going to be as great, but you also may not have uh, Hurts kind of uh, vulturing touchdowns on the goal line. So I still think you fire up Miles Sanders. I know he's coming off of a massively disappointing game in a matchup against the Bears where he should have dominated, but I think we got to go back to the well and fire him up as a running back two 
and then uh, sitting Kenneth Gainwell, who kind of filters in here and there in the opportunities. For the Cowboys, even in a tough matchup, I'm still willing to list both Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott as starts. I trust this run game. I do think the Cowboys are at least going to score a few touchdowns, and that's going to give both Pollard and Zeke opportunities to get into the end zone. Now, leading into the Raiders, taking on the Steelers, I obviously have Josh Jacobs as a high-end running back one, clearly a start. And then for the Steelers, the lack of receiving involvement is, you know, a little bit unfortunate. I mean, not a little bit. It's very unfortunate for both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, but they continue to give Najee a solid workload on the ground. It's a good matchup here against the Raiders. So I like Najee as a start and then uh, sitting like his handcuff kind of nuisance Jalen Warren. That leads us into the Packers taking on the Dolphins. And for the Packers, I think the game we saw against the Rams on Monday night has to be encouraging for both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Now, A.J. Dillon may be dealing with a concussion. At the time that I'm recording this, I know he was getting like checked out by the uh, independent specialist or whatever. So we'll see how that plays out. But I actually do think that if both of these guys are healthy, I'd probably like Aaron Jones as a fringe RB1. A.J. Dillon is like a back-end running back too, but I do think both of them are startable. A.J. Dillon, who kind of had been useless throughout the season, definitely kind of making a comeback as someone you can trust in your lineup. And then for the Dolphins, this is just going to be assuming that Jeff Wilson is out. So if Jeff Wilson misses another game, I think you trust Raheem Mostert. If Jeff Wilson is back, it just becomes a gross committee, and they're probably both like back-end fringe options maybe even sits. So I think it's just easier if we consider this, uh, you know, Raheem Mostert without Jeff Wilson. And then I'll reevaluate if we're getting, you know, different information throughout the week. Now we have the Broncos taking on the Rams. And for the Broncos, after their week 14 game, the way the usage kind of shaped out, I kind of thought Latavius Murray was dead in the water here. I thought it was going to devolve into just a gross committee on a bad offense. But he comes out, has a strong workload, carries the ball 24 times, and takes 24 of the 31 running back carries. Also, semi-involved as a pass catcher in terms of usage, 42% route participation. I think he's a running back three moving forward. This could be a tougher matchup if we see Aaron Donald return. Um, you know, some people may be looking at Marlon Mack. He's had back-to-back solid performances fantasy-wise, but the opportunities are just not there. He's gotten into the end zone. It skewed his numbers. He's not even someone I would consider playing. And then on the other side with the Rams, we saw Cam Akers have a really solid workload in this offense. I don't know if we can totally trust it moving forward and in a not-ideal matchup against the Broncos. I think he's more of an RB3, probably a high-end RB3, honestly, with how involved he was. But, uh, you know, I'll see where he kind of falls in my running back rankings. Then on Sunday night football, we have the Buccaneers taking on the Cardinals. And for the Buccaneers, I mean, really just a team that fell apart. First half, they looked great. They were implementing motion a ton. They were doing a ton of play action. They were unpredictable, which is very rare for them offensively. And then it just falls apart in the second half. We saw Fournette lead in both snaps and routes run. But then we look at their overall opportunities, and they were pretty similar. Fournette had 10 carries, 4 targets. Rashad White, 11 carries, 2 targets. This is a solid matchup against the Cardinals. I think both of them are just going to slot in as probably like mid-tier RB3s this week. On the other side for the Cardinals, James Conner continues to dominate in the opportunities. And even in a tough matchup against the Bucs, you got to fire him up. He's involved as a pass catcher. He probably has a decent shot of scoring a touchdown. So I do like him as a start. And then the final game of the week, Chargers taking on the Colts. Monday Night Football, let's fire up Austin Eckler as a high-end running back one. And then for the Colts, looks like JT is definitely not going to be available in this game, 
which means we're probably going to be seeing a Zach Moss and Deion Jackson committee here. Now, uh, when we saw JT go down, we saw Zach Moss lead in the carry department by a pretty significant margin. I don't know if that's going to stick, and I do think this offense is probably not going to be great. So maybe you could argue that Zach Moss should be a fringe option. In my opinion, if you're in the semifinal and your roster sizes are you know pretty normal or standard, I would not want to be playing either one of these guys in my lineup. I think they're you know both potentially worth a pickup, but someone that I would be trying to avoid this week. And then maybe if we see Zach Moss log another solid game, then we look at him in week 17. But here in week 16, going to be listing both of those players as sits. So that is going to wrap it up for every single matchup. Hopefully this helps you guys, you know, potentially start to set your lineup. I'll be putting out my rankings for the running backs uh, that should be out tomorrow. Um, so hopefully that helps also. Ask any questions, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Thank you guys as always for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.